BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Pendarvis Harshaw. I'm the host of Right Now. Today... We're highlighting a Bay Area cultural institution that's unfortunately closing. Now, this type of story isn't new. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you're aware that businesses are closing. I know you know about the extremely high cost of living in the Bay Area. And you might be aware that some people say that there's government mismanagement. I mean, the list goes on. But the bottom line is, people with money are moving in and people without money are moving out. And at the same time, there's more to the story. It's a little more nuanced than that. It has been a prevalent part of every exhibition to watch them knock down the building next to the gallery and the garage next to the gallery and now building another apartment building. That's gallery owner Ashara Ikendaya. And this week, we're going to talk to her about change. Not just displacement, but the subplots to the major story. You know, like how in the midst of all of this, people are still pursuing dreams or falling in love or plain and simply seeking major life changes. To do that, we're going to go to a space that's sacred for black women. It's a space where I've seen Black Panther leader Erica Huggins pour libations. And in that same place, I've seen my daughter run up to a basket full of cowrie shells and just have a ball. And now that gallery is hosting its final exhibition. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I have paint rollers because we're about to paint all the walls. We repaint them after every exhibit. It's mad and even, but that's just the first coat. The first coat is the deepest, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's Taylor Crenshaw. She's an event host and volunteer at the Ashara Ikendayo Gallery on 23rd Street in Oakland. Uh, Ashara, the gallery owner, yeah, she was there too. She was opening up these big-ass boxes of art for the final show. It's like Christmas every time. I love it. I love opening up. Start, please. This looks like Brazil. The colors. It looks like Brazil. Today is uh, kind of the first 
afternoon of install for this last show. I'm feeling a little, I'm in my feelings around it, mm. and that's okay. It's the uh, pulling off of stickers and patching of walls. It's eating sweet potato pie. That's part of the ritual of installation here. Really? Like, literally? Yeah. I'll get some plates so we can have some pie. Yeah. After the pie was divvied up, we got down to business. We talked about the latest exhibition, which is called Adjust Your Eyes for This Darkness. It's a look at social justice and community, trauma, and, of course, organizing. It features the work of nine different black women artists. One of them was actually there that day dropping off her art, Dana King. She's a sculptor, painter, and former CBS news anchor. She told me what Adjust Your Eyes for This Darkness means to her. When I heard about the show, I asked Ashar, I'm like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, well, what does that mean to you? And I'm like, oh. When we walk from the light into a dark room, when we walk from a dark room into the light, we have to adjust our eyes. And it's a constant balance. The show is a culmination of what the gallery has always been about. Intergenerational space, art made by black women, and care for the community. This piece. So that's called Kassirian Ingera, and it's a Maasai greeting. When warriors meet, they ask one another, and how are the children? And if the children are fine, that means there's no war, there's water, there's shelter, there's food, safety. Our kids are not great. We are putting kids in cages and stealing them from their parents on the border. So this piece is a gate, and just out of reach of the children is a beautiful blue sky. But you have to get through the razor wire to get to that. There's a refrain that black women's voices, stories, and expertise are centered here. Black women speak here. If you have been invited to the space, please know that. Know that your voice, if you are not a black woman, is not the primary voice that we're listening to. And that that is uh, unequivocal. It's not about being unapologetic, it's about being intentional and about being in celebration for that. That's something that Taylor Crenshaw holds to a high regard. There's so many magical women that come and have events here. And something that people my age always talk about is connecting the generational gap, especially with artists. Like, I don't know when the last time I went to an event and it was equal parts young, old. So that's really beautiful. I respect black women. They almost feel like supernatural here. So you get it, this space is extremely important. And unfortunately, it's coming to an end. Cutting to the, the point, right? What's really interesting to me about your story is that you've had this gallery, like a physical space in Oakland where there aren't too many art galleries. How many art galleries total are there owned by black people in Oakland? Mm, four, maybe. Including yourself? Mm-hmm. There might be more. Mm, five. In closing the gallery, it's not a matter of being pushed out, right? Just to clarify, mm-hmm. it's a matter of you choosing to step aside and focus your energy on something different, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pu- pushed out, you know, that's, you know, you can frame that on a lot of different ways in terms of how people or how 
companies or galleries or artists get pushed out? What does it mean to get pushed out? Is that a financial you know, conversation around the rent is going up or it's too high? Is it a business model conversation on whether or not you can break even or hit your bottom line as an art gallery owner in a city where people work three jobs to pay their rent in their home? They're not buying art. Right. Or, in my case, it's just time for a transition. It's time for me as an, as an artist and as uh, someone whose art practice is curation, which is about acquiring, displaying, and talking and writing about the art to do. I'm excited to start writing about what I've been researching formally and informally. What kind of void is it going to leave once you step aside? You know, the void is really about there being an opportunity and a space for some other folks to step in and create another kind of community. And you said you're going to take a step back and you're going to write about artists as uh, first frontline responders? How, first how resp- artists as first responders. Artists as first responders. Um, what does that look like to you? Eli Jacobs Venthousy, who's a Berkeley-born filmmaker. When Hurricane Maria hit, he took supplies down, he took a generator down, and he created light by showing his films against the walls that were still standing in the town of Louisa. So there was, there was film festival, there was electricity, there was, you know, mamas could wash clothes, and there were children playing and laughter. What we see over the millennia is that your creative self is who shows up with a solution and shows up with a song. So as we say, in catastrophe and celebration, there will always be art making, and the art making and the culture is the cure. While Ashar thinks it's important to highlight first responders on a global scale, by no means is she going to forget about Oakland. In the midst of you know, the transition away from having a brick-and-mortar space, that the, the organizing work continues. And part of that effort is working with BART and with community and the city of Oakland, After closing the gallery, Ashar says one of her top priorities is curating a permanent memorial for Nia Wilson and MacArthur Bart. I I know several young uh, black women who won't ride the train anymore. They're just terrified and they don't feel like anyone will be there for them. How could it happen that someone can walk up and slash somebody's neck and no one saw that, no one came to their rescue? How can that happen here? How does that happen in the world, right? And so those are the questions that are very difficult, part of our day-to-day existence, you know. And that's an example of art being a first response where it's... It is. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a response of my work and my art practice as curator. And what does that mean for us to investigate uh, stories around public safety, around collective trauma, how do we heal ourselves from those ills of the ecosystem, of the environment, of the climate? And often that looks like art making. It looks like you know, writing and singing. It looks like dancing. It looks like you know, poetry and humming, moaning. We might actually see each other and heal each other through this process. You're looking to inspire a generation of first responders. Yes. That's exactly correct. Dope. That's that's the purpose of art, is to inspire, inspire others in the next generation, especially the next generation of first responders, people on the front line, creating change, and 
I think it's important to note that you don't always need a physical space to create that change. It might even be better to just be out in the streets with it. And at the same time, it's also important to note that just because something is leaving doesn't necessarily mean it's a sad thing. Like Ashara said, this creates an opportunity for others to step up. And beyond that, you should appreciate what Ashara created and really celebrate the fact that it did exist. I want to thank Ashara Ikendayo for letting us in her space, um, especially the fact that I'm a black man and my producer, Ashley Ann, is a white woman, and we're stepping into a space that's intentionally for black women. So thank you, Ashara, for being so welcoming. I also want to thank Dana King and Taylor Crenshaw. And our team at Right Nowish, that's producer Ashley Ann Krigbaum, editor Jessica Plachik, as well as Julie Kane, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, five stars would be great, and tell a friend about what we've got going. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good one. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.